If you struggle hearing the Lord, that's okay. Still ask the question. It may be answered during the message. It may be answered sometime during the service. It may be answered a year from now, 10 years from now. But he will answer, and you will hear it when it's time to hear it, okay? It's, it's something we, wanna, we need to believe. So um, if you would join me in prayer as we pray over uh, Mark in this time and um, for our time this morning. Lord, we, we thank you so much for who you are. Your timing is perfect. Lord, we, we know um, that you want to do a work here this morning because you want to do a work every moment that we breathe in and out. Uh, so, Lord, I pray that we'd be receptive to that work this morning. So we ask, Lord, what do you want to say to us? We ask that question intentionally because it's about you. And so we lift up uh, Pastor Mark to you this morning. His heart uh, is wanting to be here. But he is because you, know, you unite us in spirit and truth. And so, Lord, we pray for healing over his body in Jesus' name. Pray for healing uh, any, any, uh, anything in his heart and his spirit that um, this sudden illness is caused to go awry. We pray for healing and proper alignment into his heart, mind, and spirit, Lord, in Jesus', Jesus name. Or life is full of unexpected things. But it's how we trust you in those moments that surprise us, that makes the difference. And so we trust you in this time to lead us, to guide us, to speak truth and life into us. And so we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think we're in for it this morning. Have you ever woken up and you felt raw? Do you know what I mean by that? Every emotional avenue and your heart and your spirit is exposed. Has anyone felt like that before? You cry at Hallmark commercials. You're crying if you see a puppy down the street. There's just something about you that's raw and there's this openness to receive certain content that we may have been closed off to normally. I'm having one of those days, those weekends. I'm crying at everything. I brought a bunch of tissue up because I'm, I'm just crying at everything. Um, I used to be a big crier, and now not so much, because I've learned to walk in a spirit of numbness so that I can stay focused on some of the things that God wants me to do. That doesn't sound right, does it? But when you're dealing with, in life, we have expectations from the majority of people around us, an expectation of responsibilities that we are to fulfill, and sometimes we get so, we become so enslaved on those expectations, we become numb. Who's felt like that in your life? I'm feeling that way. I've been feeling that way for the past few months. As responsibilities get bigger, as expectations on the people around me continue to come my way, it's easier to shut off the emotional content in my life instead of process it so that you can get through. But God doesn't call us to get through life. He wants us to thrive in life. And so we have to be open. We have to be raw. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be honest. And we have to be intentional. And all of those things are challenging. Are they not? They're challenging. And I think for us to receive what God has for us this morning, we have to get to that place of vulnerability, to be raw. And so I ask you to be courageous with me this morning as we do that. Is that okay? All right. Well, we're in the book of Ephesians. And I've been asking the Lord in the last, I found out last night Mark was sick. So the last few hours, I've been asking the Lord what he wants to say. 
And if you would uh, please turn in your Bibles, if you have them, I hope you do, to verse 8 of chapter 5 in Ephesians. And we are going to read from 8 through 21. If you just follow along with me, um, and just continually asking the Lord, okay, Lord, what do you want me to see here? What do you want me to see? We want to keep practicing asking that question. Starting verse 8. For once you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out, this is key, find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, and this is so key, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Amen. This is a, a, a huge passage. And what I want you to really pull out here is the, the phrase, figure out what pleases the Lord. And then we're kind of told what pleases the Lord. And understand what His will is. What is His will for us? Question. That's a, that's a question for you. What is his will for us? Go ahead, throw it out. Participate with me. Say that again. Glorify God and enjoy him forever. Is that what he said? Love that. Yeah. What else? What is his will for us? Love one another. Absolutely. Anybody else? I was thinking about this. What is his will for us? Well, we've got all these different things, right? Glorify him. Love one another. Those are all part of his will. But the simplicity of it is this. God's will for us is to know him. Period. When you know him, you will glorify him. When you know him, you will love who he loves. When you know him, you will do what he's called you to do. So before anything else, his will for us is that we would know him. And we've said this before, there's a difference between knowing him and knowing about him. Right? There's so many people that think they know one another when they just know facts about them, but they don't know how they handle certain situations. They don't know 
how they respond to this and respond to that. Marriage teaches you that, right? Those of you that are married, you find out information about the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with and you spend the rest of your life learning to know who they are. And it takes a lifetime. How much more to know God, the creator of all things? How much more to fully know him? Thank you, Jesus, that we have eternity with him, those of us who call him Lord and Savior. To know him deeply. To know him deeply. Well, how do we know him? Well, we can go through the spiritual disciplines. We can say the word. Yes, this is absolutely how you get to know him. Prayer, absolutely that's how you get to know him. But first things first, you can never do anything unless you have faith in him. Faith is how you get to know him because faith, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you feel like you're going into situations blind, believing. We call it blind faith. Call it what you want. God is calling us to believe in him, especially when we don't have the information we want to make us feel better about where we're going. Now, we've been talking about who we are in Christ Jesus because that's what the Ephesians teaches us, and then how to live in Christ Jesus. And we're going to get into a lot of it next week when Mark's back and healthy and ready to go. We're going to get more into how we live out our relationship with Jesus. We're going to get, you know, the whole chapter 6, the armor of God, the fun stuff, the warrior stuff. All of that is great, but if you don't have faith, if you don't believe what Jesus says, if you don't believe him fully, you're going to have a tough time living in Jesus. Chapter 11 in Hebrews uses the phrase, by faith, 21 times. By faith, by faith. Talking about the stories of people of faith throughout Scripture. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. How do you think we're supposed to live? What, commu- what, are, what, what are you getting from that? By faith. I don't read anywhere in Scripture that says, Hey, Morgan, when you have all the information you need to feel comfortable, now you can make your decisions. No. That's not how it works. It is by faith. Now this gets to some pressing issues. Really pressing issues. By faith. If you were to live your life every day, every moment by faith, trusting Jesus. Now let's look at the word trust here. Trust doesn't mean when you want to. Not when God says, trust me. That means a trust without borders, without barriers, without limits. It means when God says, go here, you go there. When he says, I want you to give all your money away to this person, you guess what? You give all your money away to that person. If God says, I want you to move halfway across the world because I'm going to use you, but I'm not going to tell you how yet, you go. That's trust and that's faith. That's what he's desiring from us. Now, here's my frustration in my life, and here's the frustration I have with, a ch- with the church. I'm just going to lay it all out there, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you because I am learning as I am expressing, and it feels like we have no space in our schedule for faith and what Jesus wants to do in our lives. I feel like we carve out an hour here or there if we can. I do this too. We're all guilty of this. And we feel like everything around us, I know for me, dictates 
our lives more than he does, more than faith in him does. We, we try to bring him into things, but remember, we can't bring him in. We have to follow him in too. It's a different, it's a different approach to life. And if we sit here and if we try to fit him into our schedules, we are going to miss his will for our lives because he wants us to know him. How are we going to get to know him if we're only dedicating a moment a day, squeezing it in between our busy schedules? It's not going to happen. Is it? It's a hard word, but it's a true word. We have to live by faith. That means your schedule Make out your schedule. It's okay to make plans. But then you say, okay, Lord, I've made them. I will not be slave to them. I'm yours. So here they are. I did not plan to preach today. That was not my plan. It was not what was on the calendar. It's not what I was expecting to do today, but it's what God wanted today. I will follow him into that. Now, it's not always easy. But it's necessary to know him because when I, you know, it was interesting because when I was, when I was told yesterday, yesterday afternoon that Mark was sick and that I was preaching today, okay, that's not a lot of prep time, but it's an opportunity. Here's the thing. If Jesus lives in you, and this is what Paul says, Paul says in, in Galatians, he says, I've learned everything out of revelation from God. I didn't need to sit at Peter's feet. I didn't need to sit at John's feet. All I had to do was sit at the feet of Jesus. When you are trusting Jesus, whether you feel prepared or not, he will use you if you step up to the plate. Did I feel prepared? No, but I'm trusting him. I'm showing you I'm practicing. I don't have it down. But in this moment, I'm going to trust him to speak because he's chosen to speak. By faith, how is your life going to be used in that way? You cannot let your job control you. You cannot let the people around you, their expectation of you, control you anymore. Because here's the question of today. Who are you living for? Who? Are you living for the people around you? Are you living for yourself? Are you living for your pain and your grief from past things? Are you living in the hope of something that will benefit you in the future or future are you living for Christ Jesus in this moment i am not saying that you stop everything you do but everything you do should always point to jesus he puts us in the workplace so that we can be a witness to those who need to know him but if you don't know him how are you going to lead people to know him we're coming to a critical point here as a body where God, I feel, we're on a springboard going to wherever he's leading us into the future that is going to break through ceilings that we've not seen broken in a long time. I really believe that. There's been a lot of transition here, but not for nothing. If we're faithful and we trust, we're going to see something magnificent happen before us that will renew, I think, in a lot of ways, faith where we've lost some. Because so often we put our faith in people and not in him. And I want to share something. And again, I'm very raw today. One of the people I cherish most in life is dying at the moment. I cannot be there. And I found this out yesterday. I was picking up a friend from the airport. And right after that, uh, Mark told me, 
that he's sick. So all these things start spiraling. Heidi's sick. Morgan said I could share this. His dad has cancer. There's just so much going on where faith is so needed to trust, to not question him or doubt him, but to trust him. And so this cherished person in my life is my grandfather. I've shared about him before, I think. And he's someone that was a pillar of faith for me. He was someone that, sh- that showed me what integrity looks like, what it means to walk in faith. He had his own junk, sure. But the things that I learned from him were so poignant in my life. And I was thinking over the last 24 hours, knowing that his, his death is, is coming any minute, my whole family's there, I cannot be there. You know that feeling? Knowing that he's going to do something and knowing that in that moment, everyone there is trusting that God's going to do a work out of his death. And, and I started thinking, what is he leaving behind? And I want today to share you the inheritance he's left to me through Christ Jesus, if you will allow me to. This is not about my grandfather, it's about Jesus. But he said two words to me that changed my life forever. And they may seem dumb, but they are something that transformed my understanding of who Jesus is in my life and how complicated we can make him. He said, Brendan, Jesus is all about simple elegance. The simplicity of Jesus is what counts. And so when people say, why does this happen? Why does that happen? Why does God allow this happen? Whatever. And then when they say, this is the question I hear a lot, why would God love me? Who's asked that question before? Why would God love me? And I remember my grandpa saying simply this, because I asked him that question, because he chooses to. And I thought, whew, now that may not seem like a big deal, but because he chooses to, is there anything complicated about that? No. He simply chooses to love us, and he asks one question, would you follow me? I don't see anything simple about or complicated about that. That to me is simple. And so when things in church life get so complicated for me, I'm always falling back on those words. What, what is the simple nature of what God is doing in this place? So when I feel numb, I go right to that and I say it's about faith in him and trusting that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. If he says he's going to answer your prayers, you bet he's going to answer your prayers. Is it going to be the way you want to? No. Well, boo-hoo. It's not always going to happen the way you want it to. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. But if he doesn't answer in your time, that's okay, because who are you living for? If it's for him, then you leave it with him, and you trust him. I'm so thankful for the inheritance that my grandfather has left me and the simplicity of just knowing Jesus, just going after him. I can do that. Will there be struggles? Will there be complicated questions? Sure. But that's where I exercise the fundamental truth about God. Trust him. Seek him and you will find. Seek him and you will find. So I'm sitting there. It's not hit me yet that he's dying. So much was going on. And so I get home and... and and I'm almost forgetting the news I just heard. You can get distracted very easily. And then Shanna asks me a question. She says, how are you doing? And 
All of a sudden, it just clicked. Oh, smokes. I've got something to tell you. And I realized at that moment when I told her, my heart began to break. I started to cry, and I, for some reason, I wanted to fight it. I didn't want to feel that. I didn't want to know that pain. I didn't want to know that I was losing someone, but I'm not losing someone. Do we believe in Jesus enough to know that we have new life in him? Ephesians talks about this. That when we believe in him, we have new life. And so I, my weeping yesterday turned to celebration because I know where my grandfather is going to be and I know where I'm going to be. And you hopefully know where you're going to be. And, it's, and you know what? And I was thinking about this. I don't care about heaven. Whoa, right? Heaven is great. I just want to be with Jesus. If it's in heaven, wonderful. But I know where he's going. He's going to be with Jesus. Whether he's in a paradise or not, Jesus is paradise. He's someone that chooses to see us, chooses to love us, chooses to know us. Why? Because he wants to. He's delighted in that. And then I get a, I'm thinking about this, and then I get a text. And I wanted to show this picture, but out of privacy for them, it was a private moment. My dad sends me this text. He goes, as we're worshiping the Lord, this happened. I wanted to show you. My 82-year-old grandmother is in the fetal position just holding my grandfather on the bed, praising Jesus. Praising Jesus. It's not about death. It's about life. Praising Jesus. Praising Jesus. I want our lives to always reflect praise and honor to Jesus. Your busy schedule, it's not going to do that for you. All the little things you think you want, you think you need, are, are not going to fulfill you the way Christ Jesus will fulfill you. And I understand there are hurts and pains in our past, but if we trust him in the midst, if we have faith in the midst, he begins to heal us. And we can celebrate in the midst of things that feel like destruction. We can praise Jesus. In the midst of those trying circumstances, we can praise Jesus because we have hope, we have faith and trust that he is good because he says he is good and he says he loves us. If you don't believe that, you're going to have a tough time getting to know him. You're going to have a tough time getting to know him. My hope is that we never stop trying to get to know him. It's going to be hard. You know, we've got stuff we do here at church. We've got small groups, all of that. And we, and we say it's, it's tough to make these. We've got sports. We have this. All that stuff. I get it. I get it. But we need to ask Jesus that question, Lord, what do you want from me? It's got to be about him. So if it means I've got to cut this or cut that, then you cut it. If it means you've got to, you've got to spend this or, or give this away or give that away, then do it. Because it has to be about him. So who are you living for? I was 14 years old. I'm sitting. I will never forget this. This is the other thing my grandpa left me, and I just want to, I want to leave it at this for you. And I never forgot this. He may have forgot. Well, he has Alzheimer's, so he, he forgot it. But there is something that he left me, and he, he said to me, we're driving. It was about 9 o'clock at night. We're driving in, in this blue, big Chrysler. And he says to me, Brennan, when I die, I want these words. These words either sung or said at my funeral. 
And I never, I, I always remembered that, but I never really looked at the words. And I never really meditated on them. And this is not, again, about him. This is something I think for us, and it's simple. And I just want to read you the first verse. The first verse. That's all I want to read to you. And I want this to be our benediction. And I hope this is something that we want to go after. I hope that this can be said about my life when it comes to an end here. When it's all been said and done, there's just one thing that matters. One thing. Did I do my best to live for truth? Did I live my life for you? That's it. 20 years, 20, I don't know how old I am anymore. 15, 20 years ago, that was his only desire, he said. Was does his life reflect that? And that just hits me. How can my life reflect that if I feel numb? If I'm afraid to take in everything that God has for me? If I'm, if I'm afraid to, to really stand firm in the midst of expectation? The toughest thing for me Sometimes it's to not be a people pleaser. I want all of you to know Jesus in a wonderful way and be happy about it, but it's not always going to happen that way. Sometimes people are going to be disappointed in me. I don't care about that anymore. I told Morgan, Morgan walks in, I said, I'm done with expectations. I'm done with the, the majority will of people. I just want God's will living in me, in and out of my life. I want people to know the love of Jesus no matter how hard it is. I don't care. I want them to know him. And if that means people are going to be disappointed because I don't do this program or I don't do that program, tough. I want to live for Jesus. And that should be the cry of this congregation every single day. I want to live for Jesus. No one else. So when it's all been said and done, we can say we did everything to live for truth and live for him in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pray with me, please. Lord, you are tremendous. And uh, finding the words to describe you seems like a lost cause. And I thank you, you cannot be contained in a word. This is a time where you are talking to us. I hear you, God. I hear you. I hear you. I pray that we all hear you. There's stuff, there's junk in our lives, but we trust you. We have faith. We want to know you. So we must step out in faith and trust you with our hurts and our wounds and our joys, our schedules, all of those things. Or we need to come to a place to surrender them to you. And it may not happen, bam, just like that. But help us be the church you've called us to be and love one another. Submit to one another. Walk alongside each other to get us to a point where we're always pointing to you. Everything we do, we're pointing to you. Everything, everything, everything we do, it points to you. Not us, not anyone else, but to you. And as we go into this time of communion, as we go into this time of offering, first, Lord, we just ask that we would move and we would give out of faith. Whatever you ask, may we give whether it's money, whether it's time. Our money is yours. Our life is yours. Our time is yours. Whatever you want, it's for you. So increase our faith to give what is necessary, what you're calling us to, to fully trust you.
Holy is your name, God. I thank you and I praise you for you are good. You are good. In Jesus' name, amen.